Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And this is Josh. It is Wednesday, October 5th. We will be chatting about movies screening the week of Friday, October 7th, 2022. And we have special guest just in time for Halloween month, Sam from Rocky Horror. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening, October. always. October vibes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's like that all year round with you, I guess. It always <laughs> is, absolutely. It's the way to be. Yeah, his Easter celebrations are still black with fishnets yeah. and pumpkins. Yeah, pumpkins. Well, Easter revolves around murder or like whatnot. Absolutely. So, I mean, I think that's fair. And meatloaf. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> totally. Know, another classic. <laughs> In the Glebe, there's a, I don't think I'm exaggerating, like an 18-foot skeleton Ooh. that I think you can just buy off the internet or something and it's enormous and it has glowing red eyes and on the other lawn there's a big witch that <laughs> is the illusion that it's flying but it has some kind of hidden stick to the ground or something yeah. but if i had an 18 foot skeleton i would just keep it out all year of course yes. and i put a, a santa hat on him or some Man. easter bunny ears absolutely you know what i went by a house somewhere in elmer a few months ago actually no it was probably around easter Oh. And they did have a huge skeleton. That's amazing. That had bunny ears on it. I had to stop to take a picture of it. Of course. But I like to think that it's just there constantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it ought to be. Um, absolutely. We had this exact conversation last night at my friend's place. No joke. But we were talking about the uh, skeletons. And then they were looking up the prices and figuring out the easiest way. And they figured it would be cheaper to get it shipped to buy in the States. Basically, go to New York or something like that and get it. It was like 300 US or 500 Canadian. Which seems like a lot, but also not a lot because you're getting a giant skeleton. Am I it's lying? True. Was it 18 feet? It remember? was 12. I didn't oh. want to kill your illusion there because that, that sounded... Well, for me, it looked 18. Because, <laughs> you, you know, and you were, and I'm taller than you, so maybe yeah, that yeah. throws it off a little bit too. But yeah, we were talking about that and I was like, I would just put it on my roof. Like just kind of like <laughs> leaning over the side or whatever. But then if there was a storm, it would launch it into the street, which as funny as it would be, would probably cost us quite a lot of lawsuits, <laughs> I would think. Well... It's a question of securing it properly. That's Eric. true. Really, God. I know. Plus, now that we know that you live in the same neighborhood as me, yes. you could enjoy that skeleton all the time. Absolutely. So I'm kind of. We can probably go half season. Yeah, I was thinking. Like, yeah. You know, and then half the year, you know, or you get the top half and the bottom half. Like that's not as good of a deal. Well, we can chop it down the center. That's true. And then Absolutely. I could just put it the side because they can't see the front there. They're like, oh yeah, well it's he true. must have both sides. Obviously. Man. Obviously. Well, we need this. Then you meet uh, old man Eric with the crazy skeleton. Yeah, creepy, the Vanier 12-footer, you know, or six-footer, I guess, at that point, you know. Oh, my God. I need it now Beautiful. more than ever. Yeah, so Beautiful. Good. Let me know how that goes. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. You'll please, see. Please. <laughs> Soon enough. So I'm glad Sam is here because, coincidentally, this happened. And you don't know this story yet, but you're going to think this is cool. So we screened a movie. I think it was 2015 or 16, Dahmer. I think it was just yes. called Dahmer. And so it came and went and we screened it and it's seven years later. I got a notice from Facebook yesterday or the day before, very serious, saying we've been flagged for posting offensive material. <laughs> so I was like, that's weird. And then I look and it's for a movie that is gone, that we're never going to screen again. And I was like, why did the weird Facebook robots now say we were in trouble for saying the word Dahmer? And then somebody told me that there's a Dahmer movie or miniseries. Yes, yes. Show, Netflix show. So yes. I can only speculate that there's a whole bunch of people talking about a bunch. Dahmer oh, and murder the on social media. The memes are too much. Right? Yes, absolutely. And the bots are just going through and being like, 
you're banned, you're banned. So we didn't get in trouble, but they just informed me that they took it down. And if we wanted to argue it, we could. And I was just like, nah, I don't I mean, care. You could, but like, we why? Could. So, so strange. That's very strange. And actually, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but I came to see this movie. And it was, I believe, My Friend Dahmer, which is based off of a... Oh, um, that one. A, a comic um, book. A comic book yeah. written by one of his classmates in high school. And I had come to see it, comes and goes as it does. Then I believe you gifted me the poster for it, which I was tickle pink about. <laughs> yeah. I then bus to the Rito Center to shop or what have you with this poster. I go to the bathroom, leave it in the bathroom, walk out, completely oh, no. forgot about it. Five <laughs> minutes later, run back to the bathroom to be like, where's my Dahmer poster? It wasn't there. No. Oh but God. I can only imagine the person who picked up this Dahmer poster in the sketchy bathrooms of the Rito Center unfolds it, realizes what it is, and hopefully they didn't know. What a story. Man. Yeah. See, they would have thought, oh, I'm enrolling a poster for the new Disney or, or, Disney or Star Wars Actually, or something, yeah. you know, popular. Abs but then, no. Oh, my God. And I remember, because I did see that one, too. I was thinking it was the Dahmer one with Jeremy Renner playing Dahmer. And I can't remember if no. that, it was, because he played someone. It might have been Gacy or someone like that. I, I think, think it was Dahmer. It was Dahmer yeah, because it was a so. whole series. Yeah. Yes. It never stopped. But that yes. one, I forgot about that. Yeah, like that was, I saw that too. Like, and I, I, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Like, It was a very interesting take on it because yeah. it really just recounted his time in high school. Yeah. And didn't really get into what he did later on in life. Mm -hmm. It ended with him picking up the hitchhiker, which turned out to be his first right. victim. But it just stopped right there. So it was a very interesting perspective to that story. Mm. Yeah. It makes you think of just the randomness of words you say. Like you could have just innocently said, that's what it probably is. Probably Dahmer is a bad word. Yes. And a whole bunch of people. Imagine if it was your last name. Man. It must be somebody's last name, of right? Of course it is. Of <laughs> like course it Steve is. Hitler or something. You know, oh like, my oh, God. There are no more Hitlers. No, no. probably not. <laughs> no. I hope that not. name went away. Yeah, that's hilarious, though. I like, I, I just, you know, you're you're doing too much work there, Facebook bots. Just like, a little, and it's so retroactive. Like yeah. it's, you can't really escape what you put out. I yeah, guess. No. Well, I'm, and Netflix must have a ton of social media presence, so they must just be being flagged left and right right now. If, if it's one of their, like, top ten movies oh, of the week absolutely. or whatever. It's huge For right sure. now. Like, and I'm not I'm not really interested in watching it. Like, my friend Dahmer I liked because it was kind of like a, I don't want to say a prequel, but I mean... It was. It was a prequel. Yes. I was like, I love Evan Peters, and, you know, like, I'm sure it is a very well-done series, but for me, like, I love horror probably more than anything. But real-life stuff, like, I mean, I've read about that case, and I just, I don't want to wallow in that. Like, just the actual aspects of it, I'm just... I'm sure it's good. I'm good right now. Yeah, I understand. It's I weird. Understand. It's weird that mixes. Yeah, I'm a big horror fan, but I've never gotten into the true crime. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people who are into true crime who probably conversely wouldn't come to some of the crazy horror movies we for stream. Sure, for sure. It's that weird line in the sand. It's strange. Yeah, podcast versus visual medium, I think, is a lot of it. Because I know a lot of people like that who tend to be huge into true crime, like just diehard, but they will never watch anything that's not even real. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. interesting. It's a weird, I guess it's the, yeah, the format in the end. Yeah. And the reality versus complete fiction. All of us were probably more or less monster kids as well. And if yes. you get into that when you're a kid, you're more, I'm so desensitized to fiction. Mm -hmm. But if it's a, God, especially since I veganed up a decade ago. <laughs> well. We've showed a couple documentaries and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can't. We showed one that was hardcore Greenpeace 
the horrors of the farming industry. Oh, God. And I was like, I can't go anywhere near that. But then if it's a movie where 20 college kids are getting murdered, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you see, I'm similar in those regards in that I can't, even in a horror movie, if an animal gets hurt, yeah. it's like, nope, can't do this right now. Although a mother and four kids <laughs> get chainsawed in texas yeah man yeah yeah that sounds really yeah. good whatever that one was <laughs> exactly <laughs> watch exactly. that movie it's kind of it's it's a sad perspective but nonetheless yeah someone said that about what was the viking movie oh uh the northman the northman i missed it we had it but somebody said there's a lot of horse death in that movie oh, no. because it's vikings yes. fighting okay but what you think about is nowadays there's a giant stamp at the end of that movie saying no horses were harmed so it's either expensive digital technology where they're killing fake horses or just horseplay or (laughs) 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 time to leave but you look at the old days of that i remember a documentary i saw on pbs it was about early days of the west and Mm -hmm. one of the segments was they slowed down and digitally restored a scene and you can see that there was a trip wire yes and three or four horses come through and go down hard mm-hmm. and you see a couple get back up because even though they're on these spindly little legs they're tough Strong, creatures of course god how many horses they do that to and this sounds horrible <sighs> but then some assistant director goes okay let's get another brown horse in there it's really Ugh. yeah i was actually talking about this to my boyfriend like yesterday or the day before but it was a thing oh yeah like, in all these john wayne movies they killed a lot of horses and i cringe every time i see a horse go down but when it's a modern movie and you see a horse fall down it's movie magic it's camera yes, places whatever God. and even as recent though as was it the mid 80s i've never seen this and i probably never will but there was a very popular kids movie called milo and otis oh, and this man. is horrible to laugh about but it was filmed in i think china or something like that and they just went through cats and dogs this isn't even urban legend like there's horror stories of a cat and dog going over a waterfall and they'd be like take seven i saw that as a kid literally they were talking cats and it was like i was just impressed that they had that many talking animals to replace the other ones that kept dying but still like yeah we watched that movie and it's i wouldn't watch it now even as a kid it was kind of annoying because they were they were just like milo it's like uh otis you know like they weren't even fun voices you know but yeah i didn't know about all the death at the time that's not cool that's yeah no that's not cool at all but then there's of course cannibal holocaust right yeah which doesn't here it's a whole other from yeah there's a scene i get my cannibal movies mixed up but i think it's that one where there's this random scene if i'm remembering this of a snake squeezing a little mammal thing it's like a little wombat or something and the snake is doing its thing i'm sure the snake's gonna eat the adorable creature but when i saw it it felt like the scene was about 25 minutes long when i'm sure it was 90 seconds yep and there's this little wombat going help help." no it's the worst and then there's scenes of them again they're eating it but they're killing turtles and stuff yeah that one's rough that one's intense or there's like a little possum they open and you see him kind of have like post-mortem spasms and i was like okay that's a little much that's the same that's up there with like yeah real gore based on real stories kind of stuff i mean it's much worse because it's actually well it's like in the field of snuff films if you want really yes and i was just talking about that movie two days ago with my 13 year old niece (laughs) my two nieces the one likes to read fairly quiet the other one is learning makeup and loves horror but is still young enough that some stuff's still kind of scary but she gets that 
it's not real. Yes. Which is awesome. And I'm just sort of like, okay, so I know which of you I'm going to be showing terrible things to in a couple of years, yeah, you know. As it should. And so I was telling him about the Cannibal Holocaust just because, because, you know, they were talking about like, oh yeah, you know, you know that it's not real and they do effects and this is how they do that and stuff. And I was telling him about how he actually had to go to court to yes. prove that it wasn't real because they were like, you killed these people. Absolutely. Because they made the actors, you know, pretend to be dead basically for a couple months at the time. And so like... It was a pretty intense <laughs> case. Like cinematically yeah. speaking, it was a very rocky road for Cannibal yeah. Holocaust. Right? It probably like, still is. Yeah. And I didn't even think about the uh, animal killing stuff. Well, I, was, I mean, it was a lot to drop on them at once anyways. So yes, it's like one thing at a time. <laughs> I always have thought that that would make a very interesting movie mm-hmm. about a filmmaker who makes a horror film and then people thinks they actually killed people and then he has to go to court. That's a really interesting be behind the scenes movie. Very yeah. good. And especially nowadays, you know, like you could have Mark Ruffalo play the director or something, but like For that sure. kind of, not even Ed Wood, not that funny, but people versus mm. Larry Flint, that kind of behind yes. the scene movie, because that's or quite the, disaster the story. Artist, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Disaster artist, yeah. They did a Cursed Films episode on it, on that Shutter series that's kind of, they do, Poltergeist was one mm. of them, and they do a bunch of different ones, but they did one for Cannibal Holocaust. It was actually pretty interesting. It's like an hour long, I think, so. And look into that. I mean, that's not quite what you're saying, but it's yeah. on the road. And that is, you know, not the satanic panic stuff, but close of... Oh, it wasn't the same. Talk about a movie parents' groups would hear about and go, <laughs> sure. don't go see that. But then, for generations, parents have never seemed to learn that if you say... Don't read that comic book. Don't listen to that band. <laughs> don't play that Dungeons and Dragons. It's the first thing we're all going to go do. Well, all publicity <laughs> is good publicity, isn't it? For sure. So to get on topic, to segue here, Rocky Horror never seemed that offensive now looking back on it. But I bet at the time there must have been parents going, Oh, of course. No, 13-year-old oh, Timmy, you can't go see Rocky absolutely. Horror. Absolutely. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I remember seeing an interview with Patricia Quinn who plays the maid Magenta and is also the lips at the beginning. Right. She was telling me that oh she wasn't telling me she was saying <laughs> in so a way I, I wish <laughs> yes that she met this mother in New York when it first started really being a thing and this woman told her you know my son goes to see that movie every week. He gets arrested each time, but I bail him out. Wow. And she's like, okay, well, good on you. <laughs> but yes, of course, it must have been a scandal, especially when people started putting on fishnets to go see this movie, you <laughs> yeah. know, let alone just going to see it. And if it was New York City or LA, you would think that's different. But I wonder when it started creeping into other cities, Ugh. more... Conservative. More conservative series. Yes. 1975 doesn't seem like that long ago, but a lineup outside of a cinema in some small farming town where a bunch of teenagers are wearing fishnets and wigs and stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a different... It was a different time. Different time, that's for... Damn. But it also, I think, created a good setting for people to kind of test the waters and to be a little more... To try out different things and to different point of views it mm-hmm. was uh definitely a good way to uh, have people come out of their shell a little yeah. and it was i think a little more i think it's a little more publicly or was a little more publicly accepted to put that on to go see rocky horror versus putting on frilly underwear to i don't know do the dishes yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and even around halloween like you can at least be like oh it's halloween exactly, they're dressing up exactly. it's not it's not weird quote unquote no you know? Well, I think with stuff like that, then you look from the cinema's point of view, and they're just like, this is making us money. We love these. <laughs> for sure. We love Do these weirdos. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, it's been running nonstop. It's still in its 
first round of screenings. It's never yeah. left cinemas. It's still its premiere. So it must be making money for some people. And yeah, I always seriously. think it must have helped a lot as the years go by that Tim Curry had such a great mainstream career mm-hmm. because every time a kid got introduced to Tim Curry via Muppet Treasure Island, yes. Legend, Legend, Home Alone for sure. 2, Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's another 10-year-old who's like, who's that guy? Absolutely. Let's look into it. It's good because, of course, Rocky Horror was big, but he was not typecast at all. No. And he was able to do all these different things. And I always think of kind of adjacent, kind of the Rocky Horror career and the John Waters career, where John Waters, his movies are the midnight movie type. But he, I don't think on purpose, but did such a good job of just being this really nice, interesting, intelligent guy who when dummies came at him to try to be like, censor, censor, censor. He was always able to intelligently say why you shouldn't. And then when he started showing up on The Simpsons and stuff, it's that great meld of, hey, mainstream, come over this way. Yes. And there was also, in John Waters' career specifically, a certain arc where the first half of his career, where it was really trash and underground cinema, he was still kind of a bit of a social outcast and cinematic outcast but then with movies like polyester and hairspray that were kind of embraced by popular culture i think that's when that kind of shift towards being able to speak to the mainstream in a more open way was accessible to him yeah because he wasn't always wearing the suit and no because in you see a photo of him in like year one and he's kind of got this strange long hair yes and yes. it's like whatever 1973 or whatever but when he hit that iconic merchandise like i have a funko pop of, <laughs> of john, john waters, waters which is <laughs> which i beautiful. couldn't resist I'm like, how could obviously you? how could you and he's able to hit that mainstream and now sadly he hasn't directed a movie in so long i know but he's so busy he's always writing books or doing live acts sure. or acting and all that kind of stuff but he keeps going on about wanting to direct a christmas movie oh, which please. i think would be oh, delightful so, really so good and he I, could have his pick of the litter really like oh, it's just, they're just could. cranking them out like crazy so it's like oh john waters wants to do one it's like literally Why whatever not? you want like uh, well because it's like i know that david cronenberg wanted to just do some mainstream stuff and he could never get around to it because he's a big racing fan in real life. Yes. So I forget what it was, but he almost did Days of Thunder or something like that. Weird. But it couldn't click. The studios were like, no, go make horror films. <laughs> so John Waters, I have a feeling, might be the same. Because I remember at one point he wanted to do, almost like David Lynch pulled off with his straight story, mm-hmm. he wanted to do just a regular movie and he couldn't get it into together. It. Yeah. So it was a bit like Romero, hmm. you know, like they just oh, never, Romero. you're yeah. just like, oh yeah, we know your name, but you're not doing anything else. And I mean, he did dabble in something like Bruiser and like, there's other things that sort of have touches of horror, but still, obviously they're trying to push him into this hard thriller type category, which is sad, but I mean, still like it's, it has so many classics under his belt as is, it's hard to just completely be upset about it. But you're also like, if some of these people got, I mean, like even Wes Craven got to do Music of the Heart. It's I like, at Wes least Craven, give me one. True. Wes was like straight up, I didn't like horror movies, wasn't he? He kind of <laughs> yeah, like, so, he yes. made them in his youth because he knew that was good for the drive-in circuit. For sure. for sure. And then he got good news, bad news. He got stuck. But yeah, he wanted to do more drama. And mm-hmm. I think if they had been smarter back then, or you see this more nowadays with actors where they'll do the thing the studio wants them to do and then leapfrog. Mm-hmm. So when he did Music of the Heart, I believe that was like, 
if you let me do that, I'll come back and do Scream 3. Yeah. Mm. It was something like that. So you see that more now where directors and actors might leapfrog back and forth. They'll do a Marvel movie and then some little movie. I think nowadays, if Wes Craven was a director, they would have allowed more of that. For sure. They'll make your little $5 million drama, but then you got to come back and direct Scream 5 for us. For sure. But then that's an interesting point of view as well, because John Waters was self-funded for a very long time. Yeah. His uh, studio, I mean, they would make a movie on $500 and go for it. So by the time he was being approached by studios, he was already independently well-known as well and i don't know if that plays well and who, in anything now like who owns rocky horror disney even like the stage show no richard o'brien so richard o'brien still owns the rocky horror show and all paraphernalia around it whereas the rocky horror picture show and all ah. derivatives are owned by disney yes and as a matter of fact, the Rocky Horror Show, the stage musical in June, will be celebrating its 50th anniversary, wow. which is craziness, awesome. crazy craziness. But yes, Disney, to answer your question. And they own the soundtrack as well? Or how does that work? Because I, like, I assume the songs are the do. same. The songs are kind of the same. Okay. There's some parts of some of the songs that are missing, hmm. or the orchestration of the songs are different. Okay. Some of the songs are missing in the movie that were in the original stage mm. show and still are in the stage show. And as a matter of fact, I believe Richard O'Brien at some point was kind of fed up with the association of Rocky Horror to Tim Curry specifically. Mm. So now it's in the rights contract to the show that Richard O'Brien's name has to be shown before Rocky. So it's now mm. Richard O'Brien's The Rocky Horror Show, okay. which is interesting. But yeah. yes. That seems a little petty after I, all these years. <laughs> I mean, oh, I know he's the guy. Yeah, like, yeah. I, guess, yeah, I mean, he's also lost so much money. Well, not lost, you know, but like that in theory, he should be much richer than he is. Well, there's that. Well, he probably didn't. They didn't make much money off of even the movie when Fox owned it. Mm -hmm. Because when it was originally screened, it was a complete flop. And Fox had put it on a shelf somewhere. And I guess uh, Mr. O'Brien decided to sell whatever oh, rights or claims he had on it. Richard. Then a few months later, it, blew up immediately. it was huge. <laughs> so they didn't really make any money yeah. off of it, which is kind of sad. It's very... Yes. So Disney is making the money off of t-shirts and bobbleheads and lunchboxes? What's new, John? Oh, <laughs> What's new? Disney. Jeez. God darn it. Wow, that's so interesting. That's just so weird because, for example... What is it? Paramount owns Friday the 13th, mm -hmm. but the creator owns Jason Voorhees and the hockey mask? Or the opposite of that. Or is it opposite? Because oh, I think that's right. they the own opposite. Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's and why he owns the movies Jason. are called Freddy vs. Jason, Jason yeah. X. Interesting. Yeah. So how does it even happen? I don't even... How, when you're writing the contract... That must yeah. be incredibly or, difficult. Oh my God, yeah. Um, Universal Studios owns Army of Darkness... But Sam Raimi and company own Evil Dead and Ash. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's why there are comic books called Army of Darkness or Lunchboxes that say Army of Darkness. And also comic books and Lunchboxes say Evil Dead. Both, they're playing both sides of the That's... field. And in the Ash TV series that was a couple years ago, they had to change S-Mart to something else. The place where mm -hmm. Ash worked because S-Mart was owned by Universal. So they had to change oh it to a different sort. Oh my god. So strange. Oh my god. That's and that's so why Army of Darkness comes out on Blu-ray once a year. Because Universal is like, oh, now it's a super duper special oh edition. God. 
Oh, now it's got a hologram cover. Cool. You yeah. fall for it every time. Oh, well, it's also kind of how like Universal owns the aesthetic of Frankenstein's creature as per Boris Karloff. Whereas the story Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, I believe, is in the public domain. Yes, yes. I we so. could just yes. make a Frankenstein movie. Ooh. But he couldn't have the bolts and square heads. Yeah. Right. Yes. Which but is weird because the be monsters looks a lot like that guy. Yeah, but I mean, was that? I assume that was in tandem with Universal. Like that must have been. Oh, like is it a owned by or, Universal? Yeah, that's. Is it? I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like I don't want to say that it is and then look like an ass when right. this comes Fair. out. But, but yeah, that's why when like when they do the Coppola Kenneth Branagh Frankenstein in the nineties, yeah. it had to look distinctly <laughs> different. Yes, and I believe looked more so like as book. how Mary Shelley would have. Had described yeah. him yes absolutely but everybody on earth pictures the bolts in the neck yeah absolutely yeah. i mean that's what we that's love interesting yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love i mean yeah. totally yeah well because i'm pretty boys. sure the rob zombie monsters just came out i'm pretty sure universal put that out yeah you're right i think you're right yeah so so that's why they can look like that frankenstein monster yeah, so we well, saw i wonder the tv show in that case yeah must have had, had some to. type of yeah because otherwise yeah i mean it, either it was in tandem or they were just like here's some money and, and it was the 60s or 50s i mean yeah. whatever yeah. it's different even like dracula's can't have that bella lugosi voice without getting in trouble mm -hmm. oh i can only imagine they're like nope you can't have that voice which is weird because the cartoon hotel transylvania is 100% that vampire voice was it universal could be <laughs> i'm just gonna assume it was based on nothing but we'll see. Once Cage uh, comes out as, I was going to say vampire, that's technically correct, Dracula. Yeah. You know, that's that's coming out in like March or something. So we'll see. His voice should be the new definitive Dracula voice, <laughs> yeah. I imagine. For eternity. Yeah, based on nothing. So let us, before we run out of time, mention the movies we're screening this Halloween week. We're here to talk about Rocky Horror, but that comes up in a few weeks. But we want to get the news out. Mm -hmm. So we have two new mainstream grown-up movies this week one is called the silent twins and it is based on a true story about identical twins who grew up in wales and became known as the silent twins because of their refusal to communicate with anyone other than each other oh and it's a yeah true story and it incorporates like cool stop-motion animation dream sequences and stuff as well i've heard mm. it looks really cool and it wow. looks like one of those things of Back when we weren't as nice to those different than us, and I'm sure those young ladies didn't grow up in the best of surroundings. Probably not. <laughs> it's a drama, I'm assuming. Yeah, or, okay. yeah, yeah. A lighthearted family I, comedy. I couldn't yeah. tell if it was a horror or a comedy or none of that. And then God's Creatures, which is an Irish family drama, mm. which I'm sure is all nice and Irish and gloomy and... Ever so happy unicorns. Yeah. These are both dramas, or maybe both dramas. God's Creatures could be a horror. Like, I mean, <laughs> and I think I'm sure family drama, extent. not in the sense that bring your kids to it, that yeah. it's about an Irish family arguing with each other. But are there creatures? So That's actually the question. You know, I don't know, like... but we just did play that movie, God's Country. That's why I thought you were mispronouncing oh. this one. I was like, does he know that he's saying creatures? We almost had a God's double bill. Oh, that would have been mm -hmm. good. God's C double bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then for Halloween month, we have one of the classics for its 40th anniversary, Poltergeist. Oh, boy. Back on screen. Jeez, on my 40th anniversary, too, in a way. 
I mean, 1982. Like, the, yeah, that's why we're doing all these 40th anniversaries. For me, for me, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, we had Creep Show and like this. Did we play the thing? I don't know. That didn't happen. Okay. Not yet. That was in my head, but no. I could see it. You know. For sure. For <laughs> but, sure. Poltergeist is, that, is one of those cornerstone examples before they had more distinct ratings, of which now Ontario has none. So it's just do, <laughs> do whatever you want. You can come see every yeah, movie. I realized cool. that when there were 12-year-olds in Smile the other day that yeah, were talking yeah, throughout yeah. the movie. That was fun. Orleans, what are you Is that do? a new thing? Well, so I guess. the long and short of it, I'm going to find an article and repost this because people keep asking. Right before COVID, the Ontario government scrapped the rating system and said, we're going to figure something else out because this costs us a lot of money. And then they got distracted and there's no rating system. I would be quite happy if it stayed like that forever. Of yeah. course. Because especially nowadays, you can watch whatever on TV or Netflix. And what I always point out is when I was in junior high and I was 12 years old or whatever, I went to the library and took out It. And I was able to watch It on TV with Tim Curry. But if I had been 12 and the movie It had been out then, I would not have been able to go to the movies. Yet the book is so much more graphic. So that's so weird to me mm -hmm. that that visual medium gets not banned per se, but that block put up, but books do not. Mm -hmm. And I always joke, I don't want to say that out loud because some of you are like, yeah, let's put ratings on books. God. But it's it's a very interesting point. And it's a, I had never really stopped to think about it. And so Poltergeist is PG. Jaws was PG. Raiders of the Lost Ark was PG because there was no 14A yet. So then they made a 14A and all that kind of stuff. So at the Ooh. time, I think there was family, PG, and R. Yes. That's it. So Poltergeist, although is not like an R-rated horror movie, when you hear the words PG and you see produced by Steven Spielberg, I'm sure there was a ton of people who were like, hey, it's like E.T. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Like kind of is, but it isn't. And then there's that terrifying spider and some face mauling yeah and the, and the oh, corpses no. and the clown oh, the i mean clown. the chairs you know i mean those, that's kind of my i just the remember like four cool. parts of the movie and not much else but it really is interesting that in the same year et and poltergeist came out and et is they could be in the same block almost mm. like if you look at the house that, that et lives in and the house that poltergeist lives in and one is spielberg looking back on his youth with affection and a friendly et and the other one is Spielberg looking back on his youth with the horrors of suburbia, I guess. Hmm. But they could be neighbors. It's very interesting that they came out so close together. I'll have to set up a double feature for myself of those yeah. two. That's mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah, you can choose to start with the scary one or end with the scary one. Both or I good. can like splice E.T. Yeah. into the center. Dude, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, half-half. Mm. Half. He could have been in Poltergeist. We don't know. He I'd probably cry more at E.T. Mm. E.T. was more, like, disturbing. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. It was It was and a lot as a kid. Emotionally draining, yes. But yeah, Poltergeist and Poltergeist spun off a franchise. It did well enough to keep going, but what, there was three theatrical movies? There were three Poltergeists? Yeah. Really? And the second one's the same... Wait, are they all the same family? Technically, yeah. The main, like, the young girl, she had this sickness or something, and so right. she got more and more weathered as well, the series the went on. Well, did the actual actress yeah, that's pass I mean. away? Yeah, Sadly, yeah. So yeah. she barely finished the third one, and then she died pretty young. I can't remember exactly that's how old. Yeah, so that's, that's one of these movies that has... The, the curse. The curse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really a cornerstone 80s mm -hmm. horror film. Of course, it's a classic. And then to speak of a new classic, we are happy to have Jordan Peele's new film, Nope. On with, with horses. With horses. I've been waiting to work that back in the whole yeah. podcast. I knew we were going to get to <laughs> oh, this point. Oh, yeah. See, so I have made it this far. I know there's kind of, I don't know, it's set at a Calgary stampede. Or like a ranch, basically. Ranch kind yeah, of yeah. thing. 
And that's it. So I'm so happy I've made it this far and I'm going to get to see it because I loved his first two movies and I think there's something to point at anytime somebody says, oh, Hollywood's not making original movies anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Jordan Peele has made three original screenplays that have broken the mold in that critics like them, fans like them, and they make money. Usually you get kind of one of those. Like, yes. A Transformers makes a bunch of money, but nobody likes it. <laughs> or a movie gets a bunch of awards, but doesn't make money. Or the fans like it, but mainstream people don't. But Jordan Peele just seems to be just making this niche comic book sci-fi horror genre for himself. And Yeah, and even Good his productions. Him. Like, I really liked Candyman. I don't know if you guys watched the new oh, Candyman. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. yeah I, I really, I liked it better than the original, which is like kind of hearsay, I guess. But it's, it's like... That's very rare. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. uh, it's hard to say. But like, you know, I, no, I, I really liked it because it's like they did a really good job sort of tying it in with modern times and the police maybe not always being the coolest elements right well yes. Yes. some That's might say thing. you know so yeah like i highly recommend that i mean he just he co-wrote that and produced it like he didn't direct it but it's still like he's very good at what he does i guess mm. <laughs> would be the way to say it and it's a good example of a uh, big screen movie in that it's comedies and horror of which rocky horror is this nice meld mm-hmm. are yes. always better on the big screen with a crowd of course because you could watch a comedy at home and i've done this where i you watch it and your brain kind of goes, oh, haha, that was yes. funny. <laughs> but if you had seen it with a crowd, there's just that, I don't know, that, what's the word? like Catharsis. The, the catharsis, mm. yes. yes. It's comedy and horror. A drama is kind of different. A documentary is different. But something about either laughing or screaming. Is delightful. <laughs> yeah. Delightful. And then we have our second return of The Room this week. Oh, boy. Our first screening went gangbusters. Yeah. I can only imagine. And it's very nice to have... The Room and Rocky Horror and Saturday Morning Cartoons and live bands and as I don't want to jinx it, but as we tiptoe back towards normalcy, that we're having people come back out and being comfortable to be here and watch these events I mean, that we have and cartoons sure. obviously cartoons which is an event yeah, yeah of oh, course God, well, yeah. it's the Darn event it. in some ways so. <laughs> obviously Rocky Horror and cartoons those are the events yeah. and the room. And the room. Well, and the funny thing is, like, the room, like, that, no matter what, whenever he posts about it, that comment section blows up. Well, like, of course. It's like the, I want to say the only one, it'd be like five comments. That one, it's like 50 comments every time. People are like, oh, oh yeah, rooming out. You know, yeah. like, no, no one says that. But <laughs> I certainly I hope. They're going to start saying it. You're going to start selling t shirts. Say, rooming out. <laughs> I'm rooming out. Oh, God. Okay, so before we wrap things up, let's officially plug Rocky Horror, which yes. is screening October. 28th, 29th, and 31st. Oh, thank God he knew. Sunday off. Lazy. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see if I remember how to walk in heels. Run in heels. You could just wow. Well, no one else has the guts to do it, though. So it's like, even if you didn't fully remember all the stuff, they're going to be in awe of it, you know? Yeah, but like, I used to have killer legs from doing it every month. That's now fair. I... Uh, you were at home stuck. during COVID just working on a, a machine just to keep those heel yeah. legs so, going? You know what? You know, but I've got a couple wheelchairs back there, so who knows? Okay. But yes, can't oh. wait. You need an elliptical, but with high heels on or something. I don't know what the Keeping easiest Keeping it. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. And tell me the story that you mentioned the other day of your band of thespian shadowcasters yes. coming from around the world. From around the world. It's crazy. Um, I work with a very dedicated group of people. One of them, Mr. Graham Hart, who was our Brad for nine years. He was our first Brad. Stuck with us forever. Moved out to Calgary and has booked a couple weeks off to come and play Brad again with us uh, over Halloween. And our riffraff of eight 
seven-ish years, I don't know, forgive me, Jeremy, is coming down from Toronto wow. to reprise his role. And our Columbia, Megan, is coming down from North Bay to play Columbia again. So it's dedicated folks. And it's kind of like you guys realize it's just... <laughs> It's Rocky at the Mayfair. It's fabulous. Don't get me wrong, but is it? It's. I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. Right. We need to get Emily people. back from uh, Vancouver as well. Freaking Emily. I know. How right? dare she not come back from Emily. Vancouver? Does she know God. everyone's coming from everywhere for this? Come on. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're just asking her to take her bra off. Yeah. That's right. Such, it's just such a simple Jesus. thing. Jesus. Vancouver's only technically on the other side of the planet, but what else? What else? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. It's all good. And have you been? zoom rehearsing or have you guys been so no no <laughs> no uh, as a matter of fact tomorrow was my first rehearsal with a few people hopefully we remember what we're doing so mm -hmm. that's going to be fun <laughs> but there's always that element of improv that keeps us on our toes yeah as well but you know for the last several years we didn't rehearse at all we just kept well it was muscle memory but mm, yeah. yeah i've said that too when people ask about shadow cast because it's so funny when something is in your just direct life you think how does somebody not know what a shadow cast is yes and so i explain and then i say but what makes it great is unlike say going to a play when you go see whether it's hamilton or spamalot or cats whatever you're going to see it's the same yes whereas a shadow cast i remember specific examples of, of like real topical political jokes oh yes. or local ottawa jokes Absolutely. or whatever so that's good, too, that you could always kind of... We adjust yeah. constantly, constantly. Our callbacks are different every every month. I always think of, you know, when you're cat number four and you've been doing it for seven years on Broadway. Yes. A great career and you're, you're living the Broadway dream. You must just be doing your cat dance on stage and thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go get groceries after the show this afternoon. <laughs> Completely. And, uh, yeah, do some laundry. Like, it, you must just, it's just there. Yeah. I think the thrill probably wears yeah. off after the first few weeks, but then it's just every day. So it's because you only have to do it a couple of times and then it's over for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a and then while. carry on and so on. But yeah, no, so it's, I'm horrified. Yeah. But it's going to be fun. Well, that's good, though. It's good, it's good. It's, it's yes. like bears, like they're more scared of you than you are of them, I think, the audience, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know if I fit into my corset anymore. <laughs> so that's the truth comes <laughs> out. That's the main It comes concern. out everywhere. My oh, jeez. Anywho. <laughs> I have to mention... I'm sure I mentioned this a year ago, but a year ago we did the non-participation Rocky Horror. Mm. Yes. Which is the worst thing a person like Sam wants to hear about because it's no. it's taking But I mentioned it to your Shadowcast member who I met last night that it was it was this joke of a sarcastic bastard dream in the back of my head to do one of these screenings. Yes. Years back, because I was like, what would it be like to pretend you're in 1975 and watch watching this. it on opening night before there was such thing as throwing stuff and singing along. So we tried this out and my little Grinch heart grew three sizes because the patrons were so understanding. And this is when we were three or four more steps into COVID than we are now. Mm. And they got it. They knew what was going on. They were thankful for it. They all were looking forward to coming back. Some people were like, I've never seen it before. So it's kind of cool to see this and then I'll come see it again. Mm-hmm. And Lee was joking that he was like, there's going to be a flash mob. They're just going to, you know. They're just going to jump on. And then as the first show started and everyone sat and watched and then clapped at the end. And so it's nice to kind of get that out of the way. For sure. And hopefully never do it again. It was very, what I, because I was here for all those screenings. Yeah. Never would I miss a screening of Rocky at the Mayfair. It is such a hilarious movie in of itself. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. And 
I think that we lose kind of that blah hilarity oh, for of sure. the movie with everyone yelling and throwing stuff. It, but it's a genius movie. Mm-hmm. And the music oh, yeah. is Fantastic. great. It's a rock yeah, really concert. Good. Unlike some so bad it's good things, you're like, no, no, no. Rocky Horror is not so bad it's good. There's a reason why you can just listen to the music. A hundred percent. And speaking of just the music, I think this is going to be our first screening of Rocky Horror here that is being presented after Meatloaf's passing. Mm, that is so I think true. I'm going to have to dedicate these yeah. shows to Mr. Meat. Absolutely. I just listened to a podcast that he must have recorded not too long ago. It was Eli Roth's horror podcast, which I didn't listen to all of them, but he had some cool filmmakers here and there. And the Meatloaf one's really interesting because he basically said when he went into audition or for the first table read he did not know what he was getting into and he saw tim curry in all of his fishnet glory yes and as a conservative redneck he said essentially turned around and ran away and then tim curry essentially talked him off the ledge and cut to decades later and they were best of friends absolutely but he almost was like no, no, you're a bunch of weirdos. I'm out of here. He did walk out, and I vaguely remember a story of him being sized for fishnets and shoes, and he was incredibly <laughs> freaked out by that. But without Rocky, where would have Meatloaf been? I mean, oh, yeah. he was Bad Out of Hell came out of the popularity of Rocky. I didn't realize that. I thought Bad Out of Hell was first, and he was kind of a celebrity in the movie. No, he yeah. was like a struggling Broadway actor. Actually, I found out that he played on Broadway with Barry Boswick in the original run of Grease. Or he was maybe not in the original cast, but in a, how should I say, doubling as someone. Right. And he ended up meeting Barry Boswick before the filming of the movie. Anyways, he was in Grease. So he was like kind of like this auditioning wannabe actor yeah, on Broadway. Yeah. Made it in Rocky Horror, and the rest is history. He's a rock star. Uh, it's going to be good. I think it's going to blow the roof off the joint. I think it's going to be packed every night. So advanced tickets are on sale now if you are listening to this in early October 2022. And if you're listening to this in the future, there'll probably be another Rocky Horror on the horizon anyhow. So, so yeah, so we're going to wrap things up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for dropping by, Sam. Thank you for having me. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. You can find all of our Halloween and non-Halloween listings at mayfairtheater.ca and on all the social medias. And we look forward to having you throughout Halloween month for all of these awesome scary movies or normal movies if you don't like the scary. But <laughs> but you could try it out. Come on. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Don't adjust the television set. Your reception's fine. But in their new suburban home, the Freeling family has tuned into something beyond our world. Poltergeist. You'll never look at your television set the same way again. Poltergeist, a Steven Spielberg production, rated PG. Now playing at a theater near you, check newspapers.